HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer Distributors. For more information, visit unionbeerdist.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Hey, hey, welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey guys, it's January 16th, 2018. This is our first show of the new year. And a big shout out to everybody here. Justin Kennedy, our producer, is joining me today. Hey, what's up, Jimmy? And uh, Union Beer Distributor, our sponsors, HeritageRadioNetwork.org. So uh, welcome back. The studio was closed for a few weeks and uh, we reflected on some of the the top shows from last year. We did a great show with uh, Steve Hindi talking about food and beer manufacturing in, in, in Brooklyn. There were, there were a couple other really great shows we did, Justin. We did a, a farm brewery show with uh, Derek Dillinger from Kent Falls and uh, yep, that was a great and one. Plant B. And uh, we ended off with a great show about hops with uh, John Siegel from Siegel Hop Ranch and uh, our buddy Jeff O'Neill. Yeah, and the week before that, we had uh, Christian Benedetti from Oregon from uh, Wolves and People Brewery and uh, Evan Watson from Plant B. Yeah, so we had a re- really and great year. a strong year, huh? note, I think. It really was a great year. We did 400 episodes, and uh, you know we're just trying to catch up with the uh, you know the studio was closed for a few weeks. Uh, a couple of things of note: um, Justin has a book out, which is kind of novel. I do. It was released December 26th. <laughs> uh, it's called the Scratch and Sniff Guide to Beer, and it's out from uh, HarperCollins, and it should be available in most local bookstores. I've heard it's in. 459 local bookstores across the country. So hopefully uh, yours is carrying it. If, if not, you can request it. You know, Justin, it's, it's so great working with you. I mean, you've been, you know, with us on Beer Sessions Radio for over four years. And you've been, I know, I've seen Has it been that long? Long time, Justin. <laughs> you know, you've hit over 400 episodes. But, you know, you started helping out Bree, our old producer. But you've really done a lot. And I see I see your name on a lot of articles. What are some of the um, the the... the online magazines that you're writing for these uh, days? Right now, it's mostly Punch, a little GQ, uh, Beer Advocate Magazine, which is going quarterly this year. Uh, that's print. And uh, those are the two main outlets now. I still write a little bit for Bloomberg and Serious Eats and uh, a few other national uh, publications. But those Punch and I would say GQ are my one and two right now. And you also get to travel to a lot of festivals. What are some of the, the festivals that you've been to this past year? Oh, man. You might I went go to so back many. To... Uh, let's see. This, pa- this past year, 2017 uh, Extreme Beer Festival up in Boston, which is always fun, put on by Beer Advocate. Uh, then Hunapu's Day down in Tampa, Florida, drinking a high life from uh, Cigar City right now, actually. And then I went out to Firestone Walker Festival. Highly recommend that one. Um. I had, oh, I went to the McKellar Beer Celebration, also in Boston, and I don't know. I'm sure there's two or three that I'm forgetting about right now, but no, it's great. There's a lot, around. yeah. And uh, let's talk more about your book. So, 
Uh, how did how do you go about getting a book? Does someone approach you? Yeah, I had a little bit of a unique situation where I got kind of contacted out of the blue by um, someone who had a book idea, and and I was going to be one of se- several authors on this, and it ended up that everyone else fell out of the deal by the time it happened, and I became the sole author. So it kind of fell into my lap. I had a quick turnaround for the manuscript and um, had about a month to write most of it. Just kind of kept my head down and cranked out the words. And uh, and then after that, it was kind of, you know, an editing process that lasted a few months. And uh, yeah, and then the book uh, came out this uh, this winter. So Cool. You know, and give us a couple, uh, you know, what Scratch and Sniff Guide to Beer. There are, there's examples of tastings. Is something that you can do at a party or yeah, a little bit. There's uh, there's ten uh, scratch and sniff stickers throughout uh, throughout the book. It's about 160 pages. Most of them are in the first half of the book because uh, you know that's where we talk about different flavors of hops and different beers and aging and wood and cellaring and all that stuff. Um, and then towards the back, there's there's some food things where we have some scratch and sniff stickers as well. Um, and then there's a little travel section in the back too, that uh, recommendations for the festivals that I just talked about, <clears throat> um, other guides to cities and stuff like that. It's a, it's kind of a basic beer book that hits a lot of different points, but I think it's informative for beginners all the way up to you know Great. people that uh, will come on the show, like uh, our guests <laughs> who just walked in. <laughs> yeah, so apparently there was some kind of a. Uh, problem on the L train. I know, that's and, a shock, uh, right? We got our guest coming in now. <laughs> so uh, why don't you introduce yourself so catch um, everybody up. My name's Sean Donnelly. I'm the co-owner and brewer at Fox and Air Brewing Company in Port Jervis, New York. I apologize to everybody for being late. It's all good. I've been out no, of the city great. for too long. I forgot the L train was so... That, that's part of our show tonight. We're going we're gonna to kind of talk about some new breweries and catch up. And another guest just walked in, too. I guess the L train's been screwed up today. Yeah, it must have been on the same one I was on. Dude, I drove. It was awful. Oh, yeah. it's made the only Wait, and introduce yourself, sir. Uh, I'm Brandon Grimella. I run uh, 403 Broad in Milford, Pennsylvania. And you're a chef, right? Yeah. Chef working with beer. Yeah, I do all the beer lists and, uh, and all that for our restaurant. Great. So just catch finishing up with Justin Kennedy, our producer. This is Justin Kennedy. Hi, guys. I'm Jimmy Carboni, the host. Um, you know, last year we saw a lot of new breweries in New York City. Yeah. Um, you know, Circa, where we love beer and pizza. Yep. Uh, Fifth Hammer, our good buddy Chris Kuzme, you know, Five Barrows. There's, there's a few others. But also, you Randolph know, Beer. And looking ahead, our, our good buddy, this will be one of our February shows, uh, Brian Strumke. Yeah. Stillwater's finally got a brewery opening. What's it going to be called, Justin? It's called Production by Stillwater, and it's going to be in Greenpoint. Drove by there the other day, or biked by there. Um, it's in a kind of an industrial area in Greenpoint near the Queens border, um, but it looks super cool. And Brian will be on February sixth to tell us all about it. That's great. And then also the Grimms, they're opening a brewery too, aren't they? Yep, uh, right around the corner. It's on I think is it Bushwick Avenue at Bushwick and Metropolitan. Uh, that should be opening early spring, I think, maybe March. That's great. Well, cheers, um, everyone. Let's just yeah, say cheers b- to them, big man. cheers to 2018. This is our first show of the year. Um, hope you guys brought some beer for us. I'm drinking the Melvin IPA from Wyoming. It's become a real hit in New York City. It's a great and beer. Big we shout out to uh, Roberta's Pizza. It's doing a great, a great beer program. So cheers, yeah. everybody. Cheers. Everybody's in the in the house, and uh, if we're lucky, we might get Ann Becerra. Ann likes beer, but oh. she has a big uh, TV recording today with <laughs> Action Bronson on Vice. Probably so not going to make it. <laughs> So let's go back. So Fox in here. So uh, you have a great story. Um, you guys are at Port Jervis. Port Jervis, New, New York. York. Yeah, right at the uh, tri-state. So right where New Jersey, New York, and Pennsylvania meet. Right on the Delaware River. Uh, it's kind of the last bastion of civilization before you get to the upper Delaware, which is where a lot of people summer and uh, do weekend and week trips, uh, you know, when the season permits, hiking, biking, swimming. It's a wonderful place. Yeah. And what's your inspiration for it? I mean, there's some cool stories about the downtown there it's uh you know i think it's a story that a lot of uh working class and industrial towns can relate to um it it saw its boom actually it's a little more more historic than some industrial towns but it was a canal city at one point the dnh canal which is so that you know that was before rail became a thing that was the mode of transportation um, canals. <laughs> yeah, canals. And then it, it basically, Port has been uh, 
has it's seen modes of transportation both be a boon and a curse. So then when trains became a thing, if you can imagine that, how far back <laughs> that was, uh, it really blew up because it was the first major stop between New York and Buffalo. So it was yep. not only for commercial uh, trade, but also just uh, people traveling. And uh, so it had a really amazing downtown right off of the rail. Um, and then just to make the story short, when planes became a thing, <laughs> I, I know, crazy, like in the 60s and 70s, suddenly uh, rail travel took a nosedive uh, for passengers and uh, even commercial travel with the interstate highways. Right, so, right. Yeah. Trucking. Kind of uh, an interesting, uh, yeah. And, and Chef, so tell us your name again. There's Brendan Grimella. Brendan. So you're yeah. in Milford, Pennsylvania, but you're also in the Delaware yeah, area, right. So, so you kind of you know Port Jervis. You kind of know that history. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm from Matamoros, which is the town adjacent to Port Jervis. So Matamoros and Port Jervis are separated by the Delaware River. So Pennsylvania, literally being right there on the river, and then on the other side being New York. You're talking. You cross a bridge and you're in Port Jervis. So yeah. I grew up in both Matamoros and Port Jervis. I actually lived in both. Um, so yeah, I've seen. 25 26 years of it of just you know kind of going up and down and i'll tell you what this guy's bringing it back port jervis really took a dive so we're i think we're i'm not going to say we had the biggest part to do with it i think we were maybe the spark in the gas-filled room i think we we found a a large underserved population of people and a lot of like-minded individuals that wanted change um and as soon as they saw something that might help it have jumped on board. I like the way you talk about this, Sean. So, <laughs> I feel like you're a drug dealer getting, yeah, <laughs> finding a new market. No, 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 it's beer. It's, it's, it's legal. It's legal. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I want to work with this guy. Come on. <laughs> it's no, it's, uh, it's, it's really been... Uh, my business partner, uh, David Krantz, and I both lived in the city and had dreams... Uh, uh, short-lived dreams of opening a bar, or restaurant, or or a nano brewery in the city, and saw what the ticket price looked like. And also, I think when you're in the city, no matter how uh, motivated and creative uh, you are, a person, you're still uh, a drop in the ocean. You're and, you're part of the rat race. You're, and, there's and no Dave, way you're. David and I sort of found Port Jervis on accident and bought getaway homes from the city, and then in the back of our heads always had this, you know, maybe one day we could go there and open something, and we'd be a big fish in a small pond, and we'd be able to be a, a a real meaningful part of the community rather than just one of many. Yeah, so that's great. It's awesome. Welcome to the show, guys. <laughs> Pretty cool. So let's talk, so let's try one of your beers and um, yeah, talk I've, about uh, that. I brought four crowlers, and thank goodness I put them on ice <laughs> for the for the three hour, three and a half Yikes. hour, four hour total train ride that it took to get them here. Um, so I call this my hillside harvest. Uh, the German Hefeweizen, I think, is uh, a style that gets, in America, not nearly enough credit. I think there are a lot of uh, American wheats um, that are, are unique and awesome, uh, but they're generally, in my opinion, somewhat characterless. Yeah. Um, they might, might have a nice aroma to them, um, and that might be purposeful. That might be very purposeful that they are characterless. That might be a crowd pleaser. Um, I, th- I like to think this beer uh, meets somewhere in the middle. Got glasses there. Right? So, th- you know, it's funny because one of the newer books out from the Brewers Association is, is Session Beers. Yeah, it's a great book. Which is a great book. And half of Ice, and you almost forget, like when I opened my pub, Jimmy's Number 43, in 2005, sure. we always had a half of Ice and we always had a Belgian wit. And we kind of forgot about that. Yeah. But th- they're like classic styles. They are. And it's, uh, it, it has such an, uh, a unique character to it. The banana and clove. It's unique, but it's easily recognizable. Everybody knows it. Whether they know what they're drinking or not, they recognize it. Yeah, and what, what's the mix at your brewery of, of you know, for, for stuff on-premise, what are people drinking? Which styles? Oh, uh, we're doing... I didn't bring our best seller. It's our gold now. That is very much my purposeful crowd pleaser. Your IPA is not your best seller? No, wow. I know. That was the <laughs> first shock, but it also reinforced my belief that I would need a uh, a tool of conversion for okay. Bud Light drinkers, yeah. and that is, it's a blue-collar town. People like their beer, but they like their beer light. sessionable <laughs> light, and light. <laughs> And not too cold. bitter. And cold. And cold. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm breaking them of the frozen mug out there. Yeah. Good for you. Very slowly. That's uh, really what it and is. And then, Chef, so. too, for you guys, it's Milford, Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. 
Yep. There's also Milford, New Jersey. There, dude. There's like ten Milfords. There's Milford, <laughs> Connecticut. Yeah, there's Milford everywhere. Like, yeah. So what? What's the breakdown at, at your place for the beers you're selling? So, um, you're not brewing there. We're not brewing at all. Maybe, maybe one day, but it'd probably be with him or his buddy Sean, actually. Um, but yeah. So essentially, we kind of try to hit the the whole board. IPAs, of course, are our best sellers. Um, we're not a brewery. We are a restaurant with a decent beer list. Pennsylvania is 10 times harder than New York. New York, you guys got it easy. You're lucky. You can pretty much get anything from anyone, and they're willing to be a part of it. Pennsylvania, no one wants any part of it because it's all territories, um, so it's a little tough. But, you know, we're, we're lucky. We've, we've got some cool breweries that are definitely popping up and really, really finally becoming a part of it. Um, so, like... You know, I don't know what five years ago it was pretty much what we had yards, trogues, Neshaminy Creek, which is awesome. They're, yeah, they they're do a great. good job, yeah. um, and then Tired Hands, who won't distribute to anyone, um, <laughs> but that's okay because they're... we get them here in the city. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. You understand my point? New York, good for you guys. We can't get that. We cannot. You know, it's all it's all territorial. And then you know we're lucky enough to have people like Wirebacher and stuff like that, but. Um, yeah, I would say as far as our restaurant goes, it's IPAs through and through. And the more juicy that we can get uh, because of just New York City, pretty much, you guys, that's all you promote. That and <laughs> <laughs> sours are finally becoming, you know, a catch-on for the most part. So uh, we get Pizza Boy, which is cool. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's it's growing, but we are definitely the same, kind of on the same spectrum as Sean, like, you know, we're a hardworking town where people don't get beer. They don't understand it. Why would you pay that amount of money for beer? Why would you Why would you drink anything except Bud Light or Bud Light Platinum? Yeah. And uh, so it's it's a learning curve, you know, and we have to educate. That's kind of our job, especially for him. You know, he, he opened up in a harder town than I did. Milford is considered progressional out of yeah. the three oh, towns. Yeah. So Sometimes I think, you know, if, if, if you're working by the hour, you're paid by the hour, you, 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 you value things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Definitely. if you're getting even fifteen dollars an hour, mm-hmm. you're probably not going to want to spend that on a meal. Yeah. That's right. That's yep. right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's really interesting. It, you know, it's just perspective. It's really weird. It's people think about what they're going to spend before they spend it. You know, and you yeah. can get a six pack of something. You know, it's yeah. But that's, that's I think that's really the challenge for craft beer, isn't it? Because it, it is. It's still more people want something good, but also. Do that, you know. Is it, do they? Yeah. What do they want to pay for? You know. Sure. Yeah. And I can give away beer all day, but <laughs> yeah, so time's almost up. But and then, how long have you guys been open in Milford? Uh, we've been open for what since September, so not long at all. Uh, we pretty much opened the same time as you guys, yeah, right? Things went within a week of each other. Yeah, yeah. it was really really quick, so, but yeah, pretty I'm, cool. And then give me a quick sk- so so Milford, Pennsylvania. So we know Port Jervis is right. That's kind of where what New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania meet. It's right off of eighty four. It's right off of US six. US six two hundred nine and eighty four all go uh, basically right through uh, Port Jervis. Port Jervis is right at the tri state. There's a monument commemorating the exact oh, yeah. point. Milford is just down Route six and yeah, it's a town over. It's basically a town over from Port Jervis, it's southwest like minutes, into. Literally. I think my my ex girlfriend's nephew was a soccer coach at Port Jarvis. <laughs> really? No. no way. Something like that. I know about it. So yeah, there's so You're, many places we have to go to, Justin. I know. You, do. you know, we we'll check it out. But hey, this is a great start to a new season. We're gonna take a short break. Be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. In 1996, Sheehan Family Companies, formerly L. Knife & Son, acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn. Union Beer has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. It has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Brooklyn and parts of Queens through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, the Bronx, Staten Island, and Long Island. 
Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education at all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the seven counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit unionbeerdist.com. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio 2018. And guys, check us out. We're now on Spotify. You can listen to all 418 shows on Spotify. So, uh, hey. All right. Woo-hoo. So, uh, Justin, you got, we're talking uh, kind of upper Delaware Valley, the new scene uh, with beer and food. And uh, you got a question, Justin? Yeah, it was uh, Brandon was saying earlier that his top sellers, uh, thanks to what New York City makes, is uh, Hazy IPA. So I was going to ask him, as a chef, uh, what he pairs with <laughs> that style of beer and uh, how much of a challenge it is. And if to, he could uh, pair it with so. tired hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do, you, uh, how do you handle that, Brandon? It's tough. I mean, they're all, all that's so interesting and wild and very, very specific in flavor. So, you know, we're a pizza and pasta place. We make everything, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, you're talking red sauce. Um, maybe, maybe go into sauces that are like with, you know, butter and like uh, liaise and stuff like that. But as far as flavor goes... You know, you're. It's pretty straightforward, and that doesn't really go well with juicy IPAs. So basically, I usually go appetizers. If if someone's drinking a hazy IPA, and they're like, "Okay, what would this pair with?" I'll generally push them in in, in an appetizer sense, just because flavor wise, there's less there. So things like crudos go great. Mm-hmm. Um, we had one that was um, a tuna crudo with uh, watermelon. So believe it or not, that kind of balanced it, and like it worked off of each other. Uh, right now we have a base scallop crudo, so that goes extremely well just because you're in with uh, grapefruit, radish, uh, micro wasabi. So it's kind of cool. So that that's a lot easier. But going into even pizzas, it's tough. It's really, really tough. I'm, I'm not sure that it's it's the right stage for for hazy IPAs. But as far as selling, you know, that's that is what everyone's on just because they know about it. It's it's kind of like a you know, a new phenomenon for them. But when actually, you know, when talking about food and beer pairing, I know there's definitely like great food and beer pairings. There is barley wine and sure. Stilton. But when you're drinking like a pizza or a burger and you're having a beer, mm-hmm. is there a nuance? Do people really think that deep about it, Sean? Um, I think burgers and pizza. I think you can take them to the next level. Uh, for me, when I'm eating burgers and pizza. I don't want anything too complicated. That's why I'm eating pizza and burgers. I mean, granted, you Agreed. can go next level with pizza, but if I'm just having a burger or a slice of pizza, amber lager, amber ale, brown ale, something kind of middle of the road that can stand up to the food, but isn't, I'm not having to think Blowing about too out. much. Yeah. Yeah. Because some of those will blow, blow out your palate, you right. know, and right. you won't be able to taste your food. That's, I mean, that's a real thing for sure, especially something lighter like pizza can kind of be light in flavor believe it or not so i went to the uh great american beer festival this past year and they had a thing called paired where they do uh pairings of different dishes and and beers and one of the best pairings they had was a uh a new england ipa with a salmon uh tartare sure and it was it actually worked i was surprised yeah it it was a it was probably the best pairing there and i was really surprised that it worked but when you mentioned the crudo it it reminded me of that yeah well you know what it is it's like you have a a more complex beer and then with a simple kind of one note dish the other thing about food and drink pairings is i feel like we're stuck with so much of like 100 years ago french yeah. food and French wine pairings yep. that people kind of got stuck on. Like, how many people are doing a foie gras pairing, and why do you even need that on your menu? Yeah, I don't know. And that's usually wine. You know what I mean? So now going into beer, that's a new thing. Yeah. It's through and through. I mean, usually with foie, you would usually have uh, graves or uh, what's the other one that everyone does? Um, like sauternes or something? Sauternes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's always sauternes. So, okay, maybe actually... You know what would go well with it is the Berlin Weiss from uh, from uh, McKellar. That yeah. would be awesome. This would be so good with it. Don't even no matter what you Berlin Weiss, you know what that's I mean? like a fruity tart. Yeah, yeah. But that would go well because yeah. it would at least at least it would cut the fat from the foie. You know, mm-hmm. foie is like it's pretty much straight fat. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, that that would crush it with that. Yeah, but in our new world where we don't eat foie gras every day, yeah, <laughs> you know, what are some food items besides crudo mm-hmm. that you would set up if you're doing like a, a pure pairing with beer or anything? What are some food items that you would actually want to work with? Um, you more, too, Sean. Think something you just say. I don't have yeah, one food item food. to you go would. with. You know, my Hefeweizen, which is really good. I mean, with a Hef, um, one of my favorite pairings, and this is, of course, just completely copying from tasting beer, uh, peaches and cream, something uh, fruity and fatty at the same time, uh, because you have the peach, banana, clove, biscuity that's present in the Hef. Sure. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty standard. Uh, at the same time, it's light, it's easy drinking. Um anything I, I got one years ago i did a pairing uh with friends i can't remember their names but it was i had half a bison and it was wild alaskan salmon and yeah. that then i then i would gone to this cliche but i still think it's true i felt that half a bison that style of beer paired well with almost any food yeah so yeah. that's my easy go-to beer sure. is have a bison with food pairing. Sure. Uh, uh, like something creamy. Like a goat and it's cheese. true, right? And there's uh, certain uh, truths that you can't tell. Yeah, an herb goat cheese could do the same thing. Yeah, um, totally. As, as cream or, yeah. That's, yeah. I think saisons are easy to pair with a lot of different things, too. They're kind of like a blank slate for one against, yeah, pretty much anything. That's funny. That's, uh, I believe it was Ambassador's advice when I was studying for the Cicerone was <laughs> if you get to the pairing and you're clueless, just say Cicerone. <laughs> just, start, <laughs> just start making things up. Just go with it. Yeah. <laughs> did, did you do the certified Cicerone? I've, I passed the certified a few years ago. I took the advanced in February and passed the tasting and failed the written by like a question. Oh, um, man. Yeah, I was like, really, guys? Come on. It's like. <laughs> Round up, like do me a favor here. So let's let's, let's talk about that. The Cicerone is interesting because I know quite a few people that went from certified and tried to take took the masters a couple times and failed. So they've introduced the the advanced Cicerone, and what what's the point of that? Step between it is a step between. It is uh, the best way for me to describe the actual testing process and the depth of knowledge. Is it's they expect you to have about twice the depth of knowledge. So they do expect you to know. The, all the vital statistics, not just ABV, SRM, IBU. They expect you to know. Um, they expect you're going to get essays on multiple styles, uh, multiple service issues, multiple. It, it's if if the Cicerone is a wading pool, then the Advanced is a proper swimming pool, and the <laughs> Master is the, the ocean. Pacific Ocean. <laughs> yes. So, you're, but it's it's becoming like a real legitimate. Progression. Yeah, so you can go you know, certified Cicerone and then yeah, aim for the I, I, advanced. I think that there. I have. I know a couple of people that took the master as well, and <laughs> just looking at the the depth of the material they expect you to know, just and seeing who has passed it and who has failed, it, they needed something in between. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't want to sound cocky, but now that I've passed the certified and have moved on in my studies, the certified. If you work in the industry and you're willing to just put in the the study time and further your knowledge. It's not by any means unbeatable, unattainable. Um, the advanced, the master. That's, There's like twelve people in the world that, that have it, right? Yeah, you, you need to really? live. I you need so, to eat yeah. and breathe the entire process from hop yards in Germany. To, it isn't? Yeah. Um, does someone write a forward for your book, Justin? One uh, yeah, of a guy named uh, Rich Higgins. He's one of the dozen or so. He's in San Francisco. He's in San Francisco. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I realized I met him a while ago at a at a tasting at your place, Jimmy. Yeah, he did After something uh, a few years yeah. ago. And also there's Morella. I don't know her last name. She's based in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Some interesting people. Yeah, there's only a few in the world. It's, it, I think uh, Patrick Rue from the brewery is one of them. Yeah, right. yeah you got to have that level <laughs> of knowledge. Yeah. I, I feel like you need to have been running a brewery or at least the production end of a brewery for years, which is probably an appropriate level to call yourself a master or something, Sure, sure to be honest. You know, I've, I've seen the, the certified Cicerone come into play with you know people that are working – Aspiring to be a manager at a distributor or working for a chain, you know, liquor beer store mm-hmm. where there's some corporate, you know, advancement. Now that you have your own brewery, do you, do you see a value in someone going up the Cicerone chain? Is that going to make do. you hire someone? I, th- I think it. Uh, I think the the overall manager of a of a front of house of if you're going to consider yourself a true craft beer bar, um, there are just skill sets. Um, I mean, sadly, from just clean glassware 
to uh, telling if a beer is off. Uh, those are really important yeah, things. Important. There's nothing worse than going to a craft beer bar, air quotes for all, everyone out in Radio <laughs> Land, um, and, getting, so and having often. bubbles up the side of a pint or having it served in a shaker pint or sensing some diastole in a real what you know is a really yep. good beer. So kind of a waste of <laughs> being a craft beer bar at that point. So. Sean, uh the second beer from it's Fox and Hare, right? Yeah, this is uh, Fox our and Hare and Port so Jervis, Port Jervis, New York. New York. It's uh, not New Jersey; it's New York. No, it practically is New Jersey. <laughs> it's much. right on the border. Um, yeah, this is uh, my hot forward it's idea. Not Pennsylvania. No, it's not. It's also <laughs> practically Pennsylvania as well. Um, it is seven and a half percent IPA. Uh, Pilsner is a base. Splash of Munich for a touch of honey on on the cracker, if you will, and then just Citra. Stop for photos. <laughs> it's good. I like it. Yeah, and it's very much exactly hop forward. Everything else kind of sits in the back. I'd purposely do a slightly uh, cooler fermentation to keep yeast character out of there. Citra is like cheating. And then, J- so, Justin, you know, with your new books, was it Scratch and Sniff? Scratch and Sniff Guide to Beer. I love okay. that. Okay. So, so cool. So, <laughs> Dude, I want to play that game. So, we're, we're tasting a beer now, this beer. And is there a way to incorporate that into your book? Do we can we start with a beer? Uh, you know, there's uh, we have, I think we have ten stickers in there, and you you know you can scratch them and you can smell certain aromas. Obviously, it's pretty limited, um, but I think you know one of the things we tried to go for was uh, kind of a fruity hop fr- profile, which I'm getting from this beer, and I think it's uh, it's a good example of something you might. Uh, he said, you know, hop forward. It's not about the malt. It's not about the yeast. No. It's completely about the. Uh, about the hops in here, and so I think that's how it would uh, get represented in the book. So, you know, we started the show talking a little bit about 2017, but with 2018, I'm going to make a toast to all the really great rising stars like you guys, Sean and Brendan and Justin, Cheers. who've come up in the last five, ten years. And I'm so into our our craft beer scene. And let's make a big toast, to 2018. Yeah, we'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Hey, 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 we're coming back. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, it's 2018, and the fundraiser's over, but it's always a good time to become a member on heritageradionetwork.org. And we've got a great studio in the back of Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, and some really cool things happening for members. But um, just now, this is our 419th show. Holy crap. Over eight years, it keeps evolving. And like I was just saying before the break, thank you. What's most amazing is the number of really smart and 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 you know great talkers who are coming up through the ranks like you guys, and uh, we keep having great shows, so it keeps us going. But um, thanks for uh, tasting the beer, Sean. One thing I wanted to ask you about, um, I like I read a little bit about your brewery in Port mm-hmm. Jervis, mm-hmm. Um, Fox and Hare. I like what you guys said. So, so and I feel this way too. It's very easy to have like a cookie cutter brewery design where it's basically a warehouse with a brewery. Yeah. And honestly, in some ways as a consumer, that's not that interesting. You have to keep it going. Mm-hmm. You know, all the beer, you know, the tanks look the same. And yeah, you can buy the beer from the brewery. So what did you guys do that's different? Because I feel like you guys are in a historic space and it's well, an interesting place to that, visit. That, the building itself, the building that we acquired very it's much had, awesome. had to do. Yeah, it is very it's awesome. It's awesome. It is just filled with character. Uh, if you can imagine, it was built in the 1880s. I think 1880, not yep. just the 1880s. Uh, original tin ceilings. Um, we exposed the brick. Uh, original hardwoods that have, which is called a lot of character to them. <laughs> we we, pat, we had Tripping to patch hazards. over the really character, characterful parts. But uh, um, we had a ton of, because we gutted the building, uh, we left everything we could salvage, of course, as far as character and history. 
We had a lot of old, late 1800s, mid-1800s, center-cut, old-growth oak on our hands for free. So uh, the bar tops, the table tops, uh, the posts for the fence, or the, the, bar- the barrier around the sunken uh, brew house area, um, it, just, it just screamed, we can't make this an afterthought, which I don't mean to insult breweries that have these awesome warehouses and make incredible beers, but when you're the space that you expect people to come in and enjoy your craft is an afterthought. It, it's a corner in that warehouse with a bar and those ubiquitous stainless steel chairs that everyone has. It's it's just it's a place that I can totally go and have one or two pints, fill a growler, and love it. It's not a place I can spend an entire evening. I will, I will say one thing. I think that until just a few years ago, if you opened a brewery, your your main way to make money was to do production. Yes. And I know laws have changed in New York State, so you can have a tasting room and all that. Yeah. That's probably changed a lot. So anyone that was thinking about br- building a brewery before, sure. they thought about all the warehouse space, how many tanks they could have. Well, I think four or five years ago, too, there was it was the Wild West as far as distribution. There was nothing, nowhere to go but up for a lot of breweries. If you were opening in 2010 to 2012, there was plenty of real estate to get in there yeah. and start with a 20 or 30 and just start cranking it out. Or even a 5 and 10, knowing in a year or two you were going to be expanding into your space now um i you know i do very little distribution mostly it's for marketing i do mostly on premise just looking i I also carry guest taps just looking at the multiple distributors and the 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 depth of their beer lists to get to try and get a foot in the door in distribution right now so who who else you're making your own beer serving on tap Mm mm-hmm what other breweries do you serve there? I, and do you even need to? Uh, I, I needed to when we first opened because I for I have four primaries and a couple conditioning tanks, seven-barrel system. I was having trouble keeping up with our five, what I would call, year-round offerings, um, let alone trying to do something seasonal or rotational. And so my five-year-round offerings, there's nothing above 7.5%. So a perfect example is um, I had a Great Divide Yeti on because it's just a great something hot, big and it's a bold big and, imperial yeah. stout it's a quality product um and i knew it would move generally people come into our place looking for our beer we are a brewery but so, some people come in and they go what's your highest abv oh oh seven <laughs> nah uh also cider um a big part of beyond our ambiance is i want everyone to be able to come in and have a good time if you're not into beer we it's carry huge. a couple of ciders a dry and a sweet carry red and white wine we carry a full bar um you try to do New York State stuff, or what's your? I I am a microbrewery. I'll probably phase into farm at some point once I have confidence in ingredients. But as a brewer, oh, I meant cider. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh no, Uh, Warwick Warwick. Docks Dry Hop is down the road, and Graft is in Newport, which is just down eighty four. Both of those organizations are amazing, and their products are incredible. So it's an easy choice. But yeah, New York State ingredients too. I, I, yeah, I started as a microbrewery yeah. because, to be quite honest with you, I can't. I, there's so many variables in the brewing process that I I just can't increase the number of variables I'm having to deal with by <laughs> sure. going with John's Malt Farm or Sally's Hop Farm that can't give me the the, the sheets the information that I need to do the calculations yeah, but you're I need open to, to it so you could grow into it and I, as, as I, more, I, well here's the thing more I think producers. that New York State and what they're doing is going to enable hop and maltster hop farms and maltsters to make more consistent quality product and in in the years to come I would definitely be interested in that here here and then you guys Brandon so in Pennsylvania it's a little different but you guys are just tell us like the, the varieties you guys are offering. You know, right now you have wine, you have liquor, you have cider. We actually don't have liquor at all, so we are strictly beer and uh, and wine. That's it. So kind of cool. Uh, we didn't think it was going to go as beer heavy as as it is. Um, we actually were focusing on wine more. So when we first did it, I was like, "Oh, I'll do the beer list." And granted, I like beer. I'm not. I'm not Sean. Sean's good at this. Very good at this. I drink beer. I travel to breweries, hands down. But. You know, I never thought it would blow up as as it did. Um, neither did our owner Sean Strube. Um, We one day sat down and looked at numbers. And we were like, "Holy shit!" It was like two thirds um, beer. It was it was crazy. We were really really surprised. Um, so from there, we're like, "Okay, let's expand this. Let's try and get more." So at that and point, let's it's just let's sketch a picture. Up. You guys are like Upper Delaware, 
River? Yeah, I mean, what, we're in the what's, woods. What's the area called where you are? It's the tri-state region. It's the tri-state it's the, region. the other tri-state, I guess. Yeah, because uh, you guys say tri-state is like Connecticut, but we're tri-state, New York, New Jersey, PA. Huh. So, dude, we're we're on the river. You know, we're like, our my day off, I so I grew up there. Um, my day off is going down to Delaware, floating on a raft, on in a canoe, in a kayak. Like You don't get scared? Is that a... No, <laughs> no, absolutely not. What are you going to drown in the... I mean, it's not that fast. Is that know? like Delaware Water Gap area? Or? Water Gap's further down. It. Yeah, it's okay. north of it. So it's no. the nicer part. Water Gap's cool, but like it's very slow. So we're in like the rapids. So if you ever want to go whitewater rafting on the Delaware, that's where we live. What about shad fishing? Yeah, that's totally. You guys. Yep, oh, yeah. that's Narrowsburg. What about so Washington crossing the Delaware? <laughs> it's a little bit south there, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. a little bit. I knew that. But. <laughs> so then, so what else is up there? So there's Milford, Pennsylvania. And again, got, say, say the name of your place again. Uh, 403 Broad. 403 Broad in Milford, Pennsylvania. Then you go yep. up to Port Jervis. Mm-hmm. Fox and Hare. Fox and Hare. Hare. Yep. What are there other places around there to get good beer? Absolutely. Good beer and food. Like what are the? Give us some examples. So like. We're we're close enough to the point where you can do a whole brewery run, and we're finally making a brewery trail. So, like from Sean's place, you could jump over to Equilibrium, which is mm-hmm. what twenty five minutes. Uh, 20, and where is that? What town? Middletown, Middletown New, York. New York. My girlfriend works there. So, and then they do the high, hazy IPA thing, right? That, yeah, totally. Yeah, they, yeah. they, they do it's, it very, very well. They, they do, do it very well. Yeah. And then say you want sours, you know, from Middletown to go to Hudson Valley Brewery, which is like sour, sour, sour. That's, that's not that far from you. No, it's no, it's 45 minutes. I go for the, the drops. The Hudson. Like, yeah, yeah, it's that's right. We're we're on a beer trail. Finally, it took a yeah. while. There was a gap for a long time. Right sure. or wrong, Sean? I think sure. I need a map, Justin. Yeah, I, <laughs> I should make next the scratch and sniff map. I know, I know where uh, I know where Beacon is, but yeah, I yeah. think I know where you guys are. So from was... Beacon though, it's like to Sean's place to, from Beacon. What? 40 minutes. 40, yeah, yeah 40 minutes. Okay. 45. Yeah. Yeah. right down 84. And then what? In Orange County, New York, you got Dock Cider. Sure. You got Rushing Duck. Rushing Duck um, kills it. Let's see. Oh, yeah. You got West Town, Glenmere. Um, I don't think Shrewd Fox is Shrewd Fox is uh, Sullivan County. That's next county up. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's plenty of room for anyone looking to open. Other we could also come. <laughs> I mean, definitely, that could be a great trip. We could check it out. Wow. So I need a map. I think. Yeah. <laughs> you, need, you need a map, but at that same you guys time, need that to map make is a map. Be filled. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude, you're a part of the map. That's that's pretty fair. Yeah. pretty great. No, uh, that's uh, no Orange Orange County is uh, is kind of exploding right now. There's also this is totally off base, but um, in the center of Orange County in Goshen, they're putting in a Lego Land. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I've heard about there's going to be an enormous influx Ripples. of tourism in the area, um, which is only going to help. A lot of people that are selling beer, food, and uh, lodging, of course. Yeah. I'll tell you from uh, experience, parents really like to drink. I'm, uh, yeah, uh, I think we. <laughs> father of a three. I, we're considering putting in a ball pit. <laughs> there you there. Go. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, cheers to Legoland. Yeah, Brandon, cheers, you're, you're connected with a uh, uh, hotel as well, right? Yeah. So if people want to go up and stay, they can crash it. At the hotel? For sure. Yeah. So we're a uh, Relain Chateau, so meaning uh, we're a private owner hotel uh, with 16 rooms. Um, I actually got my start there when I was 16. I used to be the dishwasher. And uh, I came back two years ago as the chef de cuisine. And then, um, like I said, in August, then we finally opened 403 Broad, which is, I concepted that um, as, you know, kind of a spinoff. We, there hasn't been a restaurant opening in, in Milford in like, I don't know, 10 years. Um, but yeah, so it kind of all based off of the faux share, which is very elegant, very, very quaint, very just like, it's a wonderful getaway, you yeah. know? And, um, if we're talking map wise, dude, we're 90 minutes away from the city. Okay. You know, Sean took a train that takes way too long. <laughs> yeah, <so laughs> he goes out of the way. We've been waiting for the express rail to come into Port Jervis for years, but at the same time in a car, it's 90 minutes. Yeah. It's very quick. I yeah. drove here. I went to other half before I got here, but like, it's quick. <laughs> it's super really quick. So Brennan, you, you started working there when you were a teenager. Yeah. Then what did you do in between that and coming back as chef? Um, did you I, go to cooking school? Yeah, I did the whole cooking school, CAA, you know, that whole thing. And then uh, I lived in the city for five years. Um, I worked for uh, uh, Daniel Blood at Bar Blood on the Upper West Side. Nice. And then for uh, Andrew Carmelini at the Dutch. And Andrew. So yeah. you're a real solid chef, man. Uh, I, I hang out. Yeah. <laughs> well, we experienced with, with Ambassador and Likes Beer. Yeah. Recommend you guys. I knew your chops were high, but... 
I, I love uh, learning things on the show. Yeah. And I will say cheers to you guys. You guys are both at the top of your game. Cheers. Uh, you. Culinary-wise and beer-wise. And uh, I'm, I'm so happy to meet you guys. And this is another beer from... Uh, you guys too, right? Fox. Yeah, yeah we're drinking. That's those, our right? uh, Dark Pastures Milk Stout. So um, good. Best beer is, in my opinion. This is actually my little uh, brewer's joke. Um, so basically, for people that aren't super hip to brewing tradition, there are two trains of thought. Really, there's German and English historically. Uh, the Germans are, as you would imagine, super super. Anal. <laughs> Anal. Well, okay, I'll use the word uh, about their what it, what you can put in what is called beer, what's defined as beer. And the English are, if it, if it tastes good, it works, period. This is a, a, an English style, uh, a milk style made entirely with German ingredients. So it's my little way of being playful. Um, it's really nice. Thank you so much. It's awesome. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I, it's, a, it's a little bit of a gamble. I use... Uh, a German light Munich as the base, which if you, uh, I'm sure you know about its ability to self-convert, it's towards that l- ugly line of not being able to. Uh, so, but it's what gives that really nice biscuity um, base yeah. to the flavor. And then Sean, just like for all of us, you know, I'm sorry for our listeners who have jobs like lawyers and they dream <laughs> of working in a brewery, but give us give us your quick summary. So. First job in beer up to where you are now, because you're a pretty uh, knowledgeable um, dude. That you're gonna you're gonna laugh at this. Uh, I moved to New York, and I think 2009, and my first job in New York was hosting. Yeah. At a Heartland Brewery. Oh yeah. Yes. In Times Square. Yes. Nice. So technically, I've been working in breweries <laughs> for years, um, for almost ten years. I drank their uh, underage when I was eighteen. <laughs> we, we all did. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no. So I uh, worked my uh, basically became a, a server and bartender and uh, cut my teeth. Got enough New York experience to get a much better job. At uh, the Ginger Man in Midtown, thir- on 36 between 5th and Madison. Uh, amazing bar. Um, one of the first giant craft beer yeah. bars in the city. Bob Precious legend, man. Oh, man. Sure. Yeah, legend. I can't believe that place. You know, he's from Rhinecliff, New York. Really? Yeah, right. He was born in Ni- Rhinecliff, New York. Lived above his uh, it's like aunt and uncle's bar or something like that. Huh. Yeah. Very interesting guy. No, uh, incredible place. I, I don't know how he conceived it. I mean, I know he came from Texas and opened some there, and then yeah, came it was in Austin recently. Here, right? There's, there's one there. I think the original one is outside of Dallas. And I think, I think they're they're, right. they're yeah. actually going to open something on St. Mark's in the East Village. Oh, cool. oh no way! But keep going. So you worked at Ginger uh, Man. Worked there for I think three years. Um, got a job at countdown bro uh got got a job at uh, see guys uh, it's not as interesting as you think he had a bus as a ass and yeah no i I spent a lot of ginger man is where i uh i was exposed to of course they have you know 200 rotating bottles 70 rotating drafts three casks incredible high volume beer bar and that's where i met ambicera who at the time it was just and likes beer was just attaining her cicerone uh certified cicerone uh certificate um she inspired me quite a bit to learn more. Uh, inherently, the best way to learn about beer is to make it yourself. Um, so I got into homebrewing. Uh, any, anyone who's homebrewed and popped that first bottle and heard that hiss, it is infectious, like <laughs> Ebola. I, I've, done, I've, I've thought about basically nothing since. But we, we beat Ebola. That. Yeah, we did. <laughs> well, I can't. Well, I've got something stronger then because this. Yeah, it, it, it was a fever, and uh, the only cure was. <laughs> finding a way to do it for myself. So uh, anyway, uh, 2013, um, heard that there was a, a brewery. Actually, Amanda Jones, another certified Cicerone, um, who works for Treadwell Park as well, um, took over the front of the house management at Single Cut Beersmiths. Um, she called me and said, hey. Yes, I've met her. She was a GM, wasn't she? She was the GM. She was special, very very she's, talented professional. Uh, she's the one who pushed me to get my certified Cicerone. Um, we, she was my first homebrewing partner. Um, cool. And she's an amazing lady. And she called me when she took over the GM position, said, hey, I need some beer tenders that know that, what the F they're talking about. Come help. And I said, all right, is there any chance I'll be able to touch the fermenters <laughs> at any point as a, you know, as a burgeoning homebrewer? She said, yeah, maybe we'll get to it. Anyway, of course, just like any brewery, the first couple of years, there somebody's out sick, or fr- on Fridays they get they need two different trucks going out, or they need 500 oranges zested and juiced for their wheat beer. 
guess who was doing it? Um, and yeah, I mean, the whole crew over there is absolutely incredible. Uh, both the two, the two original brewers, um, Sam T and Brian Dwyer are both off doing incredible things all over the country right now. Um, the whole st- the whole current crew also absolutely incredible. Rich Bucetta really Rich it, Bucetta, man. he's he's created an incredible team over there, and he's doing. I mean, you, he's just it's like fireworks over there. I just want to say time. thanks for telling us that. I'm gonna stop you at that because somehow in your bio it said you were a, you had been in marketing. <laughs> yeah, no. So, this is the first time it wasn't I think like I've ever ten years of beer. Yeah. Jack of all trades at single cut. Yes, yeah. yes. So I would, I, I would go on. Uh, I do events. I'd go with the sales guys because everybody knows the sales guys. Sure. Generally, have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. So I would go and, and go. Oh yes, and we use this hop and this and this malt and this is what we do here. And then the sales guys could do their pitch. Sean, so. just goes one more time. Tell us the three beers from. Your brewery, Fox and Hare. Fox and Hare Brewing Company. We, we tried the Hillside Harvest Hefeweizen, uh, the Hop Forward IPA, and the Dark Pastures Milk Stout. Great. And Brendan, one more time, tell us about your place in Milford, Pennsylvania. So, 403 Broad, uh, Milford, PA. We are a house-made pasta and pizza joint um, that focuses Favorite on... Favorite beer on tap this week? Uh, this week? One of them. Ooh, probably... <laughs> Probably Dale's Pale Ale, just because nice. it, it's consistent. <laughs> it's so good. It's never that. bad. That's my summer beer in cans. You know and what I mean? On like? that note, I want to say that um, I think, Justin, we need to do a show about uh, the challenges of working with uh, breweries like Tired Hands and Hill Farmstead, but <laughs> yeah. that'll be another show. Yeah. And uh, Justin, again, one more time, you brook. That's out. Uh, Scratch and Sniff Guide to Beer. You can buy it at uh, local bookshops or that other online place yeah, has it for discount. Nice. So if, they, if uh, they push it, it 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 goes up in the ranks and it does. It jumped into the top twenty-five. I track yeah. it on my thing what? in the in, the, in beer books. So yeah, not <laughs> so we're going to keep period, up with it. <laughs> and I, li- I want to thank everyone for listening for eight years. And uh, what's so cool is that this is the start of our two thousand eighteen. We've got really great shows coming up. We got Brian Strumke from Stillwater in a couple weeks. Yeah, we got uh, Ken from Crossroads, I think, coming down. From upstate. We, we might have Mr. Cucci from Hitachino next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Wow. A lot going on. And big shout-out, New York City Beer Week's coming up uh, end of February. A lot more information about that as well. So yep. once again, thanks for joining us here on the Heritage Radio Network. We got Sean, Brendan, Justin, and myself, Jimmy Carboni. And a big shout-out, David Tattashore, engineer, Justin Kennedy, producer. And we'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Cheers. Woo, yeah. Cheers. Yeah, baby. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.